Welcome to With All The Champions, a podcast that looks back at the moments that have shaped the Carlton Football Club. Here are your hosts, Howard Cotton and Tony DeBolfo. Brian Kekovich came to Carlton on the cusp of a golden era at Princes Park, handed the number 16 of the late Maurice Sankey, the boy from Myrtleford made an immediate impression at full forward in a Barassi-led outfit boasting that irresistible blend of experience with the likes of Nicholas Savani and Lofts and the youthful inclusions of Jezelenko Walls and later Croswell. Earning his club's goal-kicking honours with 38 in his maiden season of 1967, the high-marking, long-kicking left-footer would again top the tally with 59 through season 68, a famous year in the annals of Carlton history. In putting four over the goal umpire's hat with those prodigious torpedo punts, four of seven in Carlton's drought-breaking grand final victory over Essendon at the MCG, Brian, at 22 years, 264 days, had achieved what every Carlton-supporting kid ever dared to dream. And yet the 1968 grand final would cruelly signal his 34th and final senior appearance in the famous Dark Navy Strip. Though serious injury brought premature end to a playing career that promised plenty, Ryan Kekovich's on-field contributions to Carlton, particularly on that windswept September Saturday in 1968, are fondly remembered more than 50 years on, and it is with great pleasure that Brian has agreed to reflect on his precious time in football as a special guest on With All The Champions. A very warm welcome to you, Brian. Good morning, Tony. Thank you very much for that introduction. A pleasure, an absolute pleasure. It's a real privilege to speak to you, Brian, about you know those grand days at Princess Park. But I want to begin by asking you, Brian, about life as a boy growing up in Myrtleford. You know, you were the oldest of three boys, all of whom could play the game. What's your earliest football memory? My earliest football memory is that we always had a football in our hand. We never, never missed for anything. The boys always had all the sporting equipment that was available, even though things weren't flying in the household. Our parents always made sure that we that we had to go to school and that we had everything. So our earliest contribution was playing at school and we were lucky that we had uh, good teachers that involved us in, in, in our sport. And uh, we all liked it naturally. Of course. Did did can I ask if you you know that you inherited the sporting genes? You know, were any of your parents athletically gifted, or was there? Yeah, he... my father. My father played uh, soccer internationally. Did he really? Who, who yes, did he, he did. But, but, well, he played for the old Yugoslavia, but that was before before the the war curtailed everything for him as well. Yes, because he ended, he ended up going to the Middle East. And was he, had to, he had to go to the Middle East. Of, of course, with wartime, I suppose. And he, he correct, correct, and, correct. But he was, he was gifted as well. And was he um, a mentor to you? Like when you were a kid? No, no, no. Wonderful parent. We never, never got a kick after time, never said boo. Right. No, he just, he just said enjoy the, whatever you do because we played tennis, we played cricket. The only thing we weren't allowed to do was box. My parents didn't want me to box, and I particularly liked boxing. And, and did you uh, tend to box with your brothers at all, or you were, you were all, all uh, well? We did. Sam was the recipient because he was four, year, four, four years younger, and of course he was smaller. <laughs> but and, uh, in, in later years, no. And and can I ask you a bit about your relationship with Sam and, and your youngest brother, Michael? You know, how did you get on as kids and, and what was life like growing up together? 
Well, three three's a crowd, as you know, right? <laughs> Very true. Uh, the, 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 so I was I was closer to the younger one, but we were all very close, actually. But uh, Sam made made in, inroads himself, and he grew, he grew seven inches in one year. So yes. he went from being a a little toddler to uh, half a human pretty quickly. Yeah, and then he went to North went North Melbourne, and away he went. Well, well, I just should say for the record, Brian, that I'm the oldest of four boys, so I've, it's even harder, believe me. <laughs> well, you'd understand what I'm saying then. Absolutely. Well, uh, Brian, how did how did it come to pass that you got to Carlton? Because I think it was just before zoning came in, and because Sam, of course, was uh, zoned to North Melbourne. So how did that Correct. How, how did that happen? Well, I I actually signed a form four with Richmond. Did the you late really? the late the, the late Graham Richmond okay. signed me up at, at school. Yep. I actually played one year in practice games down at Pun Road. Yep. I, I think I think it was. I just turned sixteen, if I, if I recall correctly. I remember uh, Paddy Ganane, Billy Barrett, Roger Dean, and Ronnie Branton because Ronnie Branton then came and was a coach of Myrtleford. Oh right. So, so um, I signed a four four, and with Graham Richmond, and then that expired after two years, and then not, not, nothing had transpired in those two years because I think I went from sixteen to eighteen, and then. Uh, Carlton were, came onto the scene. They saw me play in the Ovens and Murray, and then uh, they, uh, well, they must have thought that I was all right. So they wanted to, but I rang Richmond first, and I said, "Now, this is this is what's transpiring." I still gave Richmond last crack. You know yeah. what I mean? So was that Bert Deacon, or who was who was that that uh, approached you? From Carlton? Gerald Burke, Gerald Burke, okay. Gerald Burke, Jack Jack Rout, yep. George Harris. And, and and Brian, you were you were saying there that you you know you gave uh, Richmond uh, you know the option. They obviously decided not to pursue. Well, they'd run out of money. They said. Oh, is that oh. right? Is that right? Yeah, because because they 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 just signed three players, including Royce Hart. Yes. And I said, well, you and I said, well, you've done no damage. Okay. <laughs> so, would you have liked to? I mean, when Sam went to North Melbourne, was there was there a time there which you, would, would you have liked to have played with Sam? I mean, I, mean, I think I think you tried well, to, tried I, to get to North Melbourne later on, didn't you? I need to fix my backup, mate, because Carlton ran out of ideas how to fix my backup. I just couldn't handle uh, my back putting me out of play because <laughs> I, I couldn't do, couldn't do anything. We'll get to the the issue with your back injury shortly, Brian, but I wanted to ask you about going to Carlton. You know, you were 21 when you joined the Carlton Football Club in 67. Um, what, yep. were, what were first impressions of, of the Carlton Football Club and of Princess Park, particularly for a young boy from the country coming down to Melbourne? Absolutely loved it. Did Absolutely you? loved it. Yep. yep. What, what was there it about no, Carlton? What was it about Carlton that you loved? Well, it was a mate, Carlton was a, was a power club. There was only two or three in the VFL that were power club, real power clubs. I mean, when you compare compared them to say North Melbourne and other other sides, it was like uh, going to David Jones or Kmart. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Carlton was a was a famous club, and I walked in there. Well, Barassi was coach for a start, and then you had Nichols and Silvani. Like, yeah, yeah. didn't need to go any further. And it was pretty <laughs> exciting too, Brian. With I mean, you played your first game with Alex Jeselenko. 
correct, and I played it on, on a bloke called Kevin Murray. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I said, oh, strike me big. I said, I'll do well here. He, he, he's pretty short, small six-footer. <laughs> he had the longest arms you have ever seen. <laughs> Baptism of one, A wonderful player. Yes, yep. yes. So you remember that first game vividly? <laughs> I think you, you were named at Sinar Ford and, and Alex alongside on the flank. <laughs> Was I sent our forward or no? I can't remember, mate. I think it was. I was I, yeah, it might have been sent our forward. I'm not sure. Yeah, Jesse was but, uh, Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know. I know. Uh, I think I kicked two. Did I not? I can't remember. You, you, I think you might have kicked one, and Jesse kicked two for memory. Okay, well that might that might, that's probably right because uh, there's a bit of dementia creeping in, mate. <laughs> and and um, Brian, you, obviously, you would you and Alex would have been, I guess. Reasonably close because you, you know, you very close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, no, extremely close when, from the word go. Right. Did you see how good Jezza was from the outset? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight you, away, you, you you can't miss. You couldn't have missed the athletic ability unless you were blind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how did you how did you settle in? Did you you seem to settle in pretty quickly? And I mean, you've come down at twenty one. You weren't you know eighteen or nineteen or seventeen. You came down at twenty one. So do you feel that you were actually ready? You know, physically and mentally for league yeah. Footy? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, sort of. I was. I, I never trained that way. You know what I mean? Because being in the country, you always did your own thing. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I was ready. I, I was ready, except. The, the, the food upset me because I, we always ate very well, and I was I was billeted out, and the lady that we were billeted out was sensational. But you know there was there were no roast porks and roast beefs and steaks and you know no, the way okay. we used to eat. So how did you so live? That took, that took, what did you? I eat lived very well. We, well, we ate. Well, she she gave me what she did, and then I used to go to. Uh, the steakhouse in Fitzroy, which Vlado, which 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 Vlado owned, you know, right? in Fitz Street, Fitzroy. Yeah, yeah. then Vlado, and then Vlado moved to the steakhouse in Front Road. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you would. But we, well, we we knew him, so I used to eat home, and they'd say, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm just going for a drive," and then they're going to have a feed there. <laughs> where, where exactly were you living when you were billeted out, Brian? Was it close uh, to the ground? Nineteen Berry Street, Coburg. Is it still there, the house? Well, I think so, mate. Yeah, I would think so. I, I have well, I've been there for a while. I've got a funny feeling, Brian, that that was a house where, where <laughs> Sankey was living in Gordon Collis. Um, no, Gordon Collis was there. He lived. Well, I lived with Gordon Collis. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Okay. Uh, for for the first for the first year. Yeah. That's why when you said I was sent our forward, I think he was sent our forward in the first game. He may right. well have been. You know, and I and I think I was at full forward and half forward flank along. Jesus was on the other one. But I think I think Collis was full forward, sent out forward the first first one or two games. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I want to ask you, Brian, about uh, you know the, all the old footage we see of you play. It's magnificent to see your kicking for goal. You know your set shot, left foot barrels going straight. You know front and centre through the goals. I, I I remember speaking to Turkey Tom Carroll not long ago about how he prepared. You know for his set shots at goal, and he used to talk about how at training he'd set up two rows of witches hats in alignment with the with the goals and he'd run he'd run between the rows to keep his line when he kicked. Did you uh, did you have a technique or did this just come naturally to you and and, and, and Well we tech I technique at school to the best of my ability. 
that's all it is. Yeah, and you were. I, you were, I trained myself. Right, and 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 when you had set shots for goal, was it by and large a torpedo punt? It wasn't the drop punt, or you know, definitely not. Well, if it was more, if it was more than thirty meters or thirty yards, yes, because you, in those days there weren't too many guys that could kick drop punts forty and fifty meters like today. No, yeah. no, and, because they they didn't they didn't kick drop punts that that far. Right, right. And do you lament the disappearance of that particular kick, the the torpedo punt? And, and I'd be very interested to get your views of our current left foot uh, full forward, Harry Mackay, and how how he's approaching his kicking for goal. Right, I'm befuddled. Number one, that's number one. Yeah. Number two, I'm highly impressed with his skill and his ability. Very, very. Really, I am, but kicking for goal for the life of me, I just can't understand these folks. What the round the corner kick, Brian? Well, not only round the corner, they take half an hour. They get dressed. They look at themselves on the scoreboard. No wonder they're, miss- they're missing all all, the, all these shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're not concentrating on kicking a goal. Yeah. And why? And why would you go back? Be- well, that bloke from North Melbourne that went to Melbourne, Ben Brown. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. That's it. He goes to the airport before he, he comes back running in to kick for goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would you run? Why? Of course, you're off balance by the time you kick it. Yeah. Well, on that- and he's and he's a pretty good kick. Enjoying this episode? Why not rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts? We'd love to hear your feedback. Well, on that day in 1968, uh, Tony mentioned how the, it was a very windy day, and obviously, I think you kicked four goals, four, but you know, and they were all in the first half. But it was, you know, obviously difficult to to contend with the the, the wind on that day. But probably the torpedo obviously served you well. Well. It was it was windy because it was it was a, there were twisters at the MCG. It was a it was a sunny day, believe it or not, and yet uh, you wouldn't believe what sort of breeze you had to contend with. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I also kicked two out of bounds, and I used to pride myself on my accuracy. Yes, and uh, you know, terrible it was, re- really terrible. And I tell you what, I really didn't have an excuse to be honest with you. No, it was just bad, bad kicking. We, we, we'll get to the '68 Grand Final, but of course, to get there, you're on the journey. You know, I think the team went out in straight sets in '67 to, to Richmond and Geelong, and then came. Yeah, back. I got dropped for the preliminary final. I was injured, and I didn't want to tell Barassi, and, and they dropped me, and he was unhappy with me, and I was unhappy with him as well. So yeah. that 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 made it. Uh, one all, yeah. But and, uh, I, I deserve to be dropped because uh, I, I should have told them I was injured anyway in the first place. And I, I've heard Premiership players say, Brian, that sometimes when you're on the journey, you, you know what is it? Uh, one step back, two steps forward. Do you think that after '67 there was a resolve amongst the Carlton players, you know, to 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 go one better in the following year? You know, there was a real resolve amongst the team. Mate, I, I can't remember to be honest with you, but I do remember that that was my first pre-season training, and I trained hard actually yeah. for '68. Yeah. I'd never trained. I'd never trained before a pre-season because I always played cricket and tennis. Did you? So, yes, I did. So I, I then um, I trained hard. I really did for '68. Yeah. Can I ask you at this point about Ron Barassi? You know, your coach at Carlton through that time. You know, what, what are your personal memories of Barassi, the coach, and your relationship with Ron through that, that great era at Carlton? The man, the man was a genius, absolute 
football genius. I thought he was ahead of his time. My personal relationship with him was 50-50 because uh, I was a bit big-headed too on occasion, so I, I didn't realise at the time, but I was, you know what I mean? So he, he had to coach the team. I coached myself, you know what I mean? Yes. And so on, on occasions, uh, we, had, we had a frosty relationship, but by and large, by and large, it was pretty good. And, I, and, I, and my, my, my admiration for him is uh, sky high. Yeah. Whether it was whether my admiration for him was was lowered on occasions or not, his he's, he's skill as a coach, and it's him. I have to say that uh, well, I think most players would say the same thing. Yes, and I'm, I'm sure that a younger brother Sam had his moments with Rod at Arden Street. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know, but uh, I, I never asked him personally what, what he what he thought of us. But I, I do think there were there were highs and lows. Yeah, it sounds like that that they definitely had their highs and lows. Uh, if you read between the lines, yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And, and Brian in the '68 semi final uh, with Essendon, I mean Carlton won that game quite comfortably. You know, Six- I, I knocked, I knocked Jezer out. Yeah, knocked Jezzer out. I was just going to ask you about that. Um, Knock, knocked him out, and uh, we came in at half time, and the coach blamed Jonesy for not talking. <laughs> <laughs> he hopped straight into Peter Jones. Uh, I, I think, if memory serves, Alex did play on, but he must have been pretty groggy. Yeah, very groggy. I hit him in the head with my knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll do it. <laughs> I picked the right bloke, didn't I? The, the, the best, the best player in the side. I had to knock him out. <laughs> but fortunately, fortunately, Carlton won, and, and we had two weeks off, and he came back and played in the grand final. So that's a that, yeah, you know, exactly. Do you have exactly. good memories of you know the grand final week at all, Brian? You know the preparation. Y- yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, you know, being the first one and being youngish, you know, in the side. It, it was a little, little bit nerve wracking, but still, it was, it was exciting, very exciting. Did uh, we? We we'd gone. Sorry, I was going to say, did did in that week, you know, did the old heads, Nichols, Lofts, Collins, Silvani, did they take young kids like you under the wing, or, or and help you no, through that? No, 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 no one took anything except the coach. Did did the, did most of that? Yeah. yeah. And did your um, family come down for? The the game was your mum and dad at the grand final, or your or your brothers? Oh, of course, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I needed, I needed. They ran out of tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they had the producer Gerald Burke put his hands up. He said, "How many more do I have to find you?" <laughs> it was half of Myrtleford there. Oh, I don't, I don't know how many were there. There was half of Myrtleford, there was half of everywhere. You know what I mean? I also went to Kiyuna High School as well, you know what I mean, before I went to Myrtleford. Um, blokes from Myrtle, uh, from Kiyuna were ringing. Right. Yeah, it's nice to be popular, right? Yeah, well, grand final day, I suppose. And in those, in those days, uh, there was the standing room, the MCG. I think it was the second biggest crowd ever. I think I think we played 115,800, I think, if I remember correctly. Yes. It's, and- not, it's not like now it's been re, uh, redone, the MCG. But I think the 
capacity now to about 100, 102. Correct. But in my in my day, it was always 115, 116,000. Yes, yeah. and of course, of course, um, it was uh, the, a game memorable for the fact that for the first time ever, a team won with less goals kicked than its opposition. Um, Correct. You know, Carlton seven to Essendon's eight, and I yep. think Brian Quirk kicked. Carlton's seventh and last goal in the third quarter. So that last quarter was a titanic struggle. And, and you know, Blethen at the other end, I think, booted four as well. He, Correct. Um, he was really threatening to take the, the, the snatch the grand final from Carlton's grasp. Well, actually, I thought not him, but Noonan was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, I, because I think Lofty gave him a nice little shove in the back, didn't he, in the dying stages? He, he might have done. Yeah. Thankfully, the umpire yeah, could see it. <laughs> Well, they didn't see anything in the last 10 minutes of the game. No. I can tell you that. There was only one umpire. Jeff Crouch was a great umpire. Yes, yeah. Put, put the whistle but, away. No, there's no, there's no free kicks, mate. Yeah. Not and, in those days. And when the siren sounded, uh, Brian, is it is the emotion just one of sheer relief? Relief that oh, Exactly. I, I can't describe it to you, mate. Honestly, it's just, you just, oh, I don't know what it is. Your body feels tingly and just, you're right. It is a sheer relief. You're just, and it's, I mean, especially on the right side of the ledger. I don't know how it would feel the the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, very. So, uh, you know, so that's all I can tell you. Yeah, that was a thrill. Mate. Oh yeah. Where did you end up that night? Did, did, did was the celebrations back at back at Princess Park or, or one of the uh, hotels? I'm not sure, mate. I think. I know. Well, of course, we ended up back at the social club. I know that. Yeah. Uh, and you, and you, you couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I ended up in, in, in George Harris's office, sitting in the chair. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> well, twenty-one uh, years, Brian. Well, well, that was, that was enormous. Right? Yeah. It really was. Uh, but I, I think we had. I think dinner was at the Southern Cross. Right. I think. Yes. Yes. We see. Mel- Melbourne wasn't. Uh, didn't have you know the high and all that sort of crap at that at that time, no, but that, I, I I do I do think it was at the high. I was at the high at the Southern Cross, if I remember correctly, mate. I, I might be wrong. Yep, yep, you can check on that, mate. But I think it was the Southern Cross. Right, and I remember John Nichols saying, you know, years later that what what marked the '68 Grand Final. He said he, he remembered how much joy it brought to the members and supporters who'd, who'd followed Carlton through all those, you know, lean years. You know, it was a great victory for, for all of Carlton um, because, it, you know, obviously it broke, broke that long uh, drought of, uh, you know, little success. And, 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 and the volunteers, the, the, the guys, that, the, the trainers, the guys in the door, everybody had a spring in their step, mate. It was fantastic. That, that, that was what I remember because I remember... I said, "Gee, wizard, they're so excited! I'm only, well, I'm only 21. These blokes are 50, 60 years of age, and they're excited." Yeah. yeah. Well, I can tell you, Brian, that the attendance was 116,828, and I'll just take you through. There you go. You're close, and quickly through the scores: Carlton two two six eight seven goals nine seven fourteen fifty six Essendon two one five one six four eight goals five fifty three. You kicked. Uh, Four goals, and uh, the other goal kickers for the Blues, Gary Crane, Brent Croswell, and Brian Quirk. 
you know what? I, I don't remember Quirky kicking a goal. I remember Craney kicking, Gary Crane kicking a goal. Yes. Yeah. And, of course, 68 was the year that Brent Croswell joined Carlton. Now, I mean, you've seen a lot of great footballers, Brian. Where does Croswell rate? Highly, mate. Very highly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very high. I, I can give you no bigger rap than in a natural. You know what I mean? Yep, yeah. yep, for sure. We're on social media. Give us a like on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram and follow us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. What, what we need to ask you now is the, the, the injury. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's hard to believe that amid the euphoria of Grand Final Day 68, you'd actually played your, your 34th and final game for the Carlton Football Club. When, when did you sustain the injury? What, what actually happened and when did it happen? It happened against Fitzroy. I think it happened at the end of June, early July. I took a mark, which was surprising, <laughs> and and I, and I fell on fell on my ass, but I didn't fall on the ground. I fell on a boot. Right. And I remember distinctly because I remember the sharp pain as soon as I I fell. Yep. And and I remember going to the social club that night. And I sat sat down naturally. I sat down when I tried to get up. I went, oh shit. I'm in trouble here. Yeah. And and that that was how I knew. And I said, oh, I can't tell anyone this because it's, we're nearly there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, that was that, that was the, I think it was my second or third game back. We got, I'd had a stink with Barassi during the year and didn't play for four games. And they'd lost it. They and they lost four in a row. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd and I'd come back and I think we'd just won three in a row and I and I'd got hurt and I went, oh well, that's that's the man upstairs punishing me and getting my right whack. You know what I mean? But, but what that's w- the way it went. And what was interesting about this, Brian, is that I, I think you, I recall you telling me recently that you you went to seek you know medical assistance on the quiet. You know that you were you were trying to find a, a resolution to this injury. You know what, what did you, what links did you go to to try and get yourself right and that you know run? Well, home there was a guy called Mitchell in Heidelberg. Yep. Uh, that that used to handle greyhounds, they tell me, but I, I believe he used to look after Bobby Skilton, and he, he was they reckon he was magic. Yep. So I went to see him. He tried a bit of manipulation and everything. It didn't work. Then I then I tried. Um, there was a guy called David Zucker, which Carlton sent me to. He was the Olympic Games physio. Yes. And he and he he, he had an office in. If I recall, in Collins Street, and he looked after me for for a month, and seemed to work a little bit. But by then we were in August, and the sun was starting to shine, so I was feeling a bit better. Uh, but still, it was locking up, and it, and the coccyx bone is just to explain it to you very quickly is like the motor of a car. If it starts putting, you you've got no no strength. You know what I mean in your legs? Yes. And that, and that was where I was feeling it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do what I used to be able to do. So I said, "Oh, gee, I better get quiet." Got through sixty-eight, and then and then told them. Yeah. Well, it's it's remarkable to think that that you know on Grandfather Day you've kicked four, but you're obviously for some weeks been playing under sufferance. You know, it's uh, quite even more remarkable to think that. Yeah, but a lot of blokes play. I think play with play with injuries. You can't be you can't be a hundred percent. But this this was a. A difficult one, you know what I mean, because it it took away 
what what strengths I had. You know what I mean? Yeah, what leap and 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 what? How did it? Why, how did it affect you? You're kicking it. Well, obviously, your kicking was okay on grand final day. Although, as you say, you, but just just no. Yeah. Well, well, was it? Wasn't mate? It really wasn't. I told you, I kicked a couple out of bounds. Yeah, and I, and I couldn't follow through. And and you don't have the strength or the spring. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's where it buggered you up and it pulled you up. And and were you advised, uh, Brian, to give the game away? Did the medicos say to you, look, you better, you know, call it a day? No, no, David Zuka didn't say that. But then I, then I went to an acupuncturist, right? Yep. He, he gave me a, he said, oh, you'll be good as gold tomorrow. He gave, stuck all these needles in me. In 68, I didn't know what acupuncture was. And he put all these needles in, in my body and, I hit the roof. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely yeah. hit the roof. And I, and I was so thrilled to get out of there that I thought I was all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then by the, by the time I woke up in the morning, it was the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, God, so, God. So I had that for 12 months. I had acupuncture. Did you? And, and so yeah, when, for 12, 12. And so when did, you, when did you formally call it quits? Early in 69. Uh, no, later in '69. Right, right. And did you try to get to North Melbourne? Was that right? Y- yes, yeah. I did go to North yeah. Melbourne because they said they could fix me up. Yeah. And that was the year Barry Cable came. Yep. And I you- played the practice game at Wangaratta and didn't move out of the goal square. And he hit me on the chest eight times, and I kicked eight goals from yeah. twenty yards out. <laughs> yeah. And then when the last practice game came along. They could see I was I was a cripple, couldn't move. Yeah, and and you know, so, have you so had, that's it. Have you had a sort of you know um, ongoing issues with your back in the in the years since, or or not really? Yeah, cool, cool. exactly. I've got ongoing issues now today. Yeah, all back related, all because of that back injury. Exactly, because I didn't want to have an operation. Yeah, because I was I was told well in those days people that had an operation were not that successful. There was only 30 or 40% that were successful. The rest were unsuccessful. Yep, yep. I, so, I, so, I, so I said no. I, I'd imagine, Brian, that realisation, you know, at 22 years of age, you know, that it's all over as a league football, that must have hit you incredibly hard. You know, how did you get through that period and get on with your life, you know? I, I did not, not very well at all because uh, I liked basketball. I told you, basketball, cricket and tennis I played. Yep. So somehow the most difficult was to give away football, but also the other sports, which I liked yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, in 70, 71, I had the tragedy of losing my brother, so I forgot everything very quickly. Yeah. Could yeah. you just explain, I know it's painful to say, but people may not know what happened to your brother, Michael. Uh, uh, well, he was having a, uh, an evening jog in, in, in late June, when we were living in Doncaster and, you know, what Melbourne weather is like and what, what, how dark it is at 6 o'clock at night and he got, he got hit by a car. Yeah, yeah. How, how good a footballer would he have been, do you feel? Well, he was uh, 16, just finished Trinity, well, he was going to Trinity Grimm and played his first game that year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, massive, massive it, loss for the family. That was more important than him being the champion of football. He would have been the best of the three by a mile, but that's not relevant. No, no, no very true, very true. Um, what, what? Getting back to yourself, compounding your own problem was the fact that you know Carlton went on, you know, and the the, the triumph of nineteen seventy seventy two again. That must 
particularly... There is one tragedy in that, because in 69, they were home on a pig's back and lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they played rich and led all day, and rich and skittled them in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was going to say, do you remember that? But you're only a child. You would remember. I remember it. <laughs> Don't worry. And, of course, now here we are, Brian, you know, uh, all these years on, um, the the 21-year premiership drought, of, you know, that was ended in 68 has unfortunately been eclipsed by today's drought. Um, you're still watching on with great interest of the Carlton teams of today. Do, do you have a genuine sense of optimism for, for today's teams and where it's heading? Well, I haven't had, but I have. I am now, yeah. Because uh, I, I think the coaches are positive. I, I think finally the, the the recruiting might have improved a little bit, right? Yep, yep. And, and, I'm, and I'm hopeful this side is going places. It's going to need a couple of additions, but it's, I think it's going to places. Yeah. I don't know what you think. Yeah, you're a, you're a Carlton man. You don't have to be embarrassed. You can say what you think. Well, we agree with you. I, I, do, are, yeah. I think they are going in the right direction, without any question. It, it's taken well, a long time, but I think the you know the elements are, are, are falling into place, Brian. Yeah, we were kicked in the guts, though. You, you got to remember, you know, that was that was a pathetic kick in the guts. Remember in two thousand, whenever it was, yeah, I yes. can't remember two thousand. Was it two thousand? Two thousand and two. Two thousand and two. Like no one's been kicked in the guts like that. You know what I mean? No. And it's been a, it's been a long journey that they've had to come back from, but. They shouldn't have taken this this long all the same for a, for a power club. You know what I mean? For a club that prides itself on being, you know, whiz kids. Yeah. They haven't been bloody whiz kids in a, in a lot in a lot of uh, a lot of directions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. We, we're very grateful for your time today. It, it's been magnificent to hear you reflect on 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 a. You know, a great era in Carlton history, and um, we lament the fact that you know that we're, we're not in the middle of one right now. But the signs are really promising that that we're getting there again. And I, I'd just like to thank you. I know you probably don't do a lot of these interviews, but it, it, I'm sure there'll be many, many Carlton people that will love to hear these reminiscences and reflect on happy times at Carlton. And uh, on behalf of all members and supporters of the club that hear this, Brian, we, I wish you nothing but the best for your for your health and happiness and the in the days and months and years ahead. Um, thanks so much for your time today, Brian. It's, it's been very much appreciated. Okay, mate. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to With All the Champions, hosted by Howard Cotton and Tony DeVolfo. This podcast was produced by Luca Ganano and Mark Davidson. Our artwork was created by Eliza Spiculis. Additional voice tracks provided by Stephanie Wackerley. We certainly hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe so you get your new episodes as they become available. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you.